Welcome to the Your Soul is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Jade Sito, mindset and life coach, energy worker, and manifestation expert. And this podcast is really my opportunity to just say it how it fucking is. So let's be unapologetic and stepping into our fullest potential. And let's be real. We all want to create a shitload of abundance and fulfillment in this life. I want this show to connect you with your soul. This is for the multi-dimensional woman, or maybe just the spiritually curious woman who is ready to go all in on life, business, and big, big dreams. So let's stop playing small and awaken together so we can be free and get really real. If you're ready for expansion, big shifts and evolution to unlock your gifts and speak your truth to live your best life ever, then you have come to the right place. So let's get real, let's get raw and start fucking listening because babes, your soul is calling. Hello and welcome to the Your Soul is Calling podcast. Now today, I'm going to be getting a little bit personal. I'm going to be talking about my experience, um, one of my biggest awakenings that I ever had, but was, oh God, it was quite traumatic um, for a spiritual awakening. And I didn't realize it was a spiritual awakening at the time. But you might have heard me speak about when I was in hospital, which was about seven months ago in July on my 40th birthday. I know, on my 40th birthday of all the times for that to happen, but that's exactly what happened and I'm going to tell you the story because I talk about it quite a lot and I feel like, I feel like I need to share more of my own experiences with you, do you know what I mean? I feel like I need to be a little bit more honest and be sharing a few more of my experiences with you. Okay, so I'm going to get into the story. Um, It was not only a, um, well, let's just say it wasn't only a spiritual awakening because I had my first awakening probably in like 2015, 2016, when I decided that I wanted to become a yoga teacher and I um, went to Bali for a month and I started to get into yoga. I became a meditation teacher. I started to meditate. I started to learn about the chakra system. I started to learn about all the different chakras and the energy fields. And, you know, I started to realize that we are more than just a body. We are more than just a brain. We are more than just bones. You know, we are more than what we can physically see, touch and smell and hear. And I started to realize that there was a lot more out there. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of brief history, but I've always believed that because I come from a very spiritual family, because my father is Chinese. You might have heard me speak about that a lot before. Um, I don't really talk about my mum's side, but I will do. Um, I come from a very dysfunctional family. Um, Obviously, my soul chose for me to be born in a very dysfunctional family. (laughs) Um, My mother's side is Irish. Um, I've lost my mum now, bless her. She passed away about 10 years ago. Um, But my father is Chinese and he lives in England and his lineage is um, from China. There's a lot of pain and suffering on both sides of my ancestral line. So my mother's ancestral line is um, my nan's an alcoholic. Um, There's been a lot of um, trauma 
I think, um, I don't think I ever met my nan because she was so abusive. Um, my granddad died when he was 42. My mum had to leave school at 13. She got permission from the courts to leave school to bring up her seven brothers and sisters. They had absolutely nothing um, in London, complete poverty, um, just really, really hard times, you know, struggles, lots of um, abuse, lots of alcohol, lots of neglect, a lot of neglect was a really big thing. I think my mum was in and out of homes growing up, you know, so just really sad, but they've all made such, um, they've all created such amazing lives, my aunts and my uncles, and they've all got children and they're all doing really well. And, you know, I didn't really find out about um, a lot of the stuff until I got older, but I always knew something wasn't right because my nan, I knew my nan was a drunk when I was young and I knew that she wasn't allowed to know where we lived because she would turn up drunk and throw a brick through the window or start a fight with my mum because she was quite abusive in that way. So I always remember as a child a knock being on the door, my mum freaking out going, oh my God, I think that's mummy. Like my mum being quite frightened. I remember that as a child. So these are some of my early memories, which um, probably had a big contribution to who I am today. But regardless of that, my Chinese family is is Taoist. They are Buddhist. And my dad, um, I went to Malaysia a lot as a child because my mum and dad split up when I was 12 and my dad moved back to Malaysia. Um, and so I thought he was going on holiday and it turns out he just didn't come back, which is quite traumatic for me being a 12 year old girl. Um, so yeah, we had to go to Malaysia every six weeks holidays. We got shipped off, sent to Malaysia um, and we'd spend six weeks, seven weeks in Malaysia with my dad. And all my aunts and uncles couldn't speak English and there are Chinese gods all around the house. And if you know much about Chinese house or a um, Buddhist house or Taoist, we have a altar for the ancestors, um, which um, we pray to every day. And there's lots of different gods all around the house. We make offerings, you know. So there was always that kind of, I was always brought up around that kind of energy. But I wasn't very, I wasn't practicing. It wasn't part of my everyday life. It was just who I was on a family level. I've probably gone off a bit and talked about my family a bit, but there you go. <laughs> I want to get to know you all properly and I want you to get to know me and I want to share who I am with you. So it's a perfect way to start. Anyway, so I've always had this, but when I went to Bali, when I, 2016 or 15, I went through my own personal spiritual awakening where I started to learn about the chakras and the different gods and Ganesh and I started to do chanting and I got really into it and I was really into it. And that was probably one of my first levels of my spiritual awakening because we go through a few because our consciousness is evolving. And as we evolve, we move into a higher le level of evolution and into a higher level of consciousness. And then we become um, more and more ingrained or we learn more or we go deeper into it or we become more knowledgeable about our energy and more intuitive and all sorts of things that happen, you know, and one isn't better than the other. It's not that, I want to make this really clear, it's not that the surface level of spirituality, like burning sage, using oracle cards, working with crystals, learning about the chakras, meditation, breath work, it's not that that's better or worse, it's not, it's just on a different end of the scale as to some of the other stuff when you start to do some of the deeper work, because in evolution, in evolution, there's a scale, isn't there? You're moving, you're evolving. So I guess it's the beginning of the journey is the best way to describe it. And that's not a bad place to be because the beginning of the journey is beautiful. The beginning of my journey was absolutely beautiful. And when you first start to awaken it, awaken, and you go through that awakening, for me, that wasn't scary. I know for a lot of people, they experience these kind of scary, horrible moments where they don't know who they are and they go through a crisis. And 
you might find it really confusing when the world that you thought you lived in isn't quite the world that you lived in. But for me, it was a very beautiful experience. And I look back with really fun memories about that whole experience. So I started to go through my spiritual awakening, my first spiritual awakening. And as I started to live my life, teaching yoga, moved to Ibiza, started to host moon ceremonies, started to host all these things, which I don't do anymore. I am going to do an episode on how I feel about these ceremonies. Um, I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers. People are not going to like what I've got to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) So yeah, look out for that one. Why I don't do moon ceremonies or anything like that anymore. Um, But you know, I don't do ceremonies on any of the portals either. Um, but anyway, that's for another episode. I do this all the time, don't I? <laughs> okay, so bringing it back to my journey. I moved to Ibiza. I started to do all this stuff. I started to get more involved, in more involved and more involved. And I started to go deeper into my work. Then I think I did my Reiki next um, attunement. And I started to do a little bit of healing. But I never really vibed with Reiki. Um, it wasn't really me. I'm not the kind of healer, right? I might as well say this now who's going to lay you down and come and put her hands on you and do it that way. That's not a therapist. That's not how I work. I work through frequency. I work through opening up channels. So when we do a healing together, if we were to do an ancestral healing together, I would put us in a sacred circle. I do it online. Um, and because my space is all set up and sacred and clean and I have all my um, frequency things around me. I have all my protection around me and I open up a channel of light that allows a frequency to come in and heal you. And I heal you through the frequency of my voice and opening up a channel of light. Now that channel, I've spent a long time integrating that frequency within me before I was even able to open a channel of light. So, you know, I've done a lot of that background work first before I even dared to work on anyone else, because I've got a bit of a strong opinion about this, but So many healers are out there healing people, but they're not doing the work on themselves. And they've got so much shit going on in their own lives and so much baggage, so much, so many wounds that they're not dealing with, so many shadows that they're not bringing to the surface because they're focusing only on love and light. And, you know, I really think it's a big responsibility when we start to tap into people's energy and we start to work with people's energy. And I think so many people aren't living up to that responsibility. And I'm sorry if that, you know, if people feel triggered by that, then there's a reason for that. And that's because they're doing that. And if it, they don't, then that's because, probably because they're doing the work that they need to do. But we must work on ourselves before we work on anyone else. I spent eight months integrating these frequencies within me before I'd even think about touching anyone else with them. And I waited for my teacher and guide to tell me, right, you can do that now. Um, And the reason is I had a bad experience in the past where somebody didn't know what they was doing and they started to do work on me and I allowed them. I take full responsibility because I should have been more careful. But hey, it was a lesson I was supposed to learn and something dark got inside me and it opened up a portal and something dark got inside me and I ended up in a really bad way. Um, so I've learned my lesson through that. And we learn our lessons through our experiences. So I'm not going to sit here and judge or moan or bitch about the experience that I had, because it taught me a valuable lesson. Because I was just kind of doing mushroom ceremonies. And I was kind of just saying, oh, yeah, work on me, do that on me, do that on me to anyone where now I hardly let anyone touch my energy. Um, because I do my routine and I clean my own energy field every single day. And it takes me 45 minutes to do that but it's something it keeps me on aligned it keeps me on track so I started to um 
go through a little bit more of an awakening, going deeper. And then I remember my friend in Ibiza said to me, um, oh, she got uh, activated with light language and it was really exciting. A lot of my friends were getting activated. It wasn't just her, but I remember we were having a conversation once and she said that she'd gone to see um, this lady who had done an Akashic record reading on her. And um, quite a lot of my friends were getting activated all around the world at the same time. And I was like, oh, Um, and if you don't know what light language is, it's where we channel light codes through sound and through dance um, from interdimensional beings. And, you know, we channel all this beautiful language that is felt rather than seen and heard. Okay, you feel it. It's like energy. It's energetic. And um, I actually wanted to get activated at the time and it's so funny because I didn't get what I went for I ended up getting activated with light language later down the line through a breathwork ceremony that I did but that wasn't really what I'd signed up for do you know what I mean I'd so I decided to go to this Kashuk record reading because I, I tell you why right I felt like I had something that needed unlocking within me I knew that I had soul gifts, some kind of magic. I couldn't explain it. I knew that I had something to offer and I knew I wasn't really living on purpose. Um, and I knew that my I, something just didn't feel aligned. I knew there was more to offer. So I went, I'm going to do a whole episode on that Akashic Record reading. Um, I went, I did the Akashic Record reading. I ended up going through a deep, deep past life healing okay and then when I was in the Akashic Record reading now I'm training to do Akashic Record readings now I've got a 30 day integration period um, that I'm just about to start for me to integrate the Akasha into me so I can open the Akashic records and do readings for other people now I you go in the way it works is you ask a question and I was like what is my sole purpose why does um this happen to me why does that happen to me and after I heard about what happened to me, she was like, your sole purpose is to clear yourself of all the darkness, because I had a lot of darkness in me, in this lifetime, all the darkness from your previous lifetimes, but it's also to take your power back. Because in my past life, I'd lost all my power, my inner power. And she said, and to give without sacrifice, to give in balance, which means so much to me now. So I started to do some really deep healing work because the way the Akashic Records works is they do 30% of the healing, then you have to go away. No one heals you, right? If I'm a healer, I'm not healing you. You do the healing yourself. I hold space and I open up the channel and I might do a therapy on you or take you for a guided meditation or however we might do it. But if the work comes afterwards when you heal yourself, we essentially heal ourselves, you know, but it's really almost like a permission slip for you to go and do that um, and guiding you and supporting you and holding space for you and witnessing you and your healing and showing you how, because <laughs> most of us, we don't know. Um, so yeah, I went for this Akashic record reading. I started to heal myself afterwards. I started to go deep into it and um, that happened. It was very traumatic. Um, it took a long time. I think it was about six months and then I went back for another another healing session. But this time I went deeper. I did what they call the original frequencies. And if you don't know, the work, the healing work that I do is with the original frequencies. Because the my friend Tyus, who did these healings on me, she's now my teacher and she's been teaching me. And the man who taught her teaches me, Javier. And I've been doing it for the last 
year with them. Um, they've been guiding me and teaching me and showing me everything that they know. And I've been working with these frequencies and I've been integrating these frequencies into my being so I can hold the channel to heal and facilitate for other people. And it was this really deep multidimensional healing, which basically went into all the different multidimensional aspects of your soul, because I don't know if you've heard me say before, but your soul isn't just occurring, isn't just experiencing this reality that we're experiencing now. We live in a multidimensional universe, right? Which means there are multidimensions to the universe that we live in. There's this third dimension reality that we live in now, but we also have many other dimensions, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and we live in a multidimensional universe. So your soul is also multidimensional. So your soul splits into different multidimensional aspects, they're called. So it splits and you're only really experiencing a fragment of your soul in your body at this moment because it is also experiencing alternative realities in different dimensions at this one time. Crazy. I know it's crazy, but it's true. It's true. I promise you. Um, I don't know if you watch Gaia, Gaia, Gaia. I don't know. You say tomato, I say tomato. Um, <laughs> but there's so much info on that channel about the multi-dimensions and the different um, dimensions of the universe, you know, talking about the soul, the multi-dimensional soul. There's so much stuff on there and you can just Google it. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. Like Google it. It's the soul multi-dimensional and it will explain it to you, you know. Um, so yeah, I did this deep healing and it was so deep. And then we did, this is a healing that I also do on my clients, but she taught me how to do it. She did it on me first, is the Kundalini spine alignment. And it's not a kundalini awakening. It's not that, okay? What it is, is your spine has 33 chakras, 33 vertebrae, and each vertebrae has a chakra. And what we do is we clear the chakra in each vertebrae of the spine, and then we align the base of your spine with the 33 chakras of the spine of Mother Earth. And then we align the top of your spine with the 33 chakras of center of creation, of all creation. So there's a spine in the center of all creation, which then connects to your spine, 33 chakras, which connects to the spine of Mother Earth, 33 chakras. And then we open all those chakras, 99 altogether, and the Kundalini light spirals up from Mother Earth and goes through all the chakras. And it is the most intense, deep, clean, past life, ancestral, it clears all the blocks from all your past lives, all the ancestral blocks. It's such a deep, deep clean. Now, what it also does is it awakens the kundalini light within you, okay? So that might sound a little bit crazy when you speak about that, but it really does aid in your ascension experience because we are all ascending. So I'm going to read a little bit about the kundalini because I actually have something in front of me. Okay, but what it does is it's the original frequency of Kundalini light, and the frequency will help to raise the three basic aspects that are necessary to increase during your ascension pro process and to live with balance. So there's a light, this gets a bit technical, there's a light coefficient, and what that does, it gives you the vibrational power to raise the lower frequencies and transform all the darkness and the evilness around you. The love coefficient, which allows you to awaken love within you, 
to fill with love all internal aspects of your personality and transform all of the luck, luck of love around you. And then you've got the wisdom coefficient and it reactivates the forgotten wisdom of your soul and reconnects you with the universal wisdom of creation and transforms spiritual ignorance around you. Now, when these three aspects, okay, the light coefficient, the love coefficient and the wisdom coefficient, when they're all elevated, you recover the power of your soul and you use it in a loving way from your inner wisdom. So that's what this healing does. And if you, I do this for my clients, I do this um, in my soul shift. I do this, um, well, I will be doing it in future rounds of soul shift. I didn't actually do it in the first round, um, but I will be doing it in future rounds of soul shift. It is quite intense. And I had it, I had it in the, um, in this healing and then I went away and it, I, I felt all right for a couple of weeks, you know, the normal healing process that you have. And then it was my birthday. It was my birthday and I was starting to feel a bit funny on my birthday. So I had a great weekend. All my friends came over, um, not all of them, but as many as could possibly come, considering it was still COVID, you know, and my brothers came over and I was over the moon and I had them. my boyfriend spoiled me rotten, mate. He spoiled me rotten. He bought me so many presents. He bought me this beautiful wire sale bag that cost a fortune. He paid for a party. I had a party. We had beach clubs all weekend. It was amazing. Okay. It was fucking amazing. And the Sunday was my birthday party. And it wasn't a wild, crazy party. It was a bit of a dress-up dinner party. It was in this place called Sluiz in Ibiza, or Slouge, I think it is, because it's Dutch. Probably said it wrong. Um, and it's got this crazy dressing room full of all these crazy costumes. Like, I mean, insane costumes, like like, like theatre, theatrical costumes. Every era you could think of, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, it's amazing. And it was a dinner party and we had a little DJ and it wasn't crazy. You know, I'd been drinking a beer. I'd been a bit naughty all weekend, but I hadn't gone mental because I didn't want to look like shit on my actual birthday. So I had behaved a little bit, you know, I'd reined it in a little bit. And I woke up on the Sunday and I was really anxious and I just didn't feel right. And it was the day of my birthday party, my actual birthday. And my mate Sarah was doing my hair and as she was doing my hair, I couldn't stop crying. And I had these kind of really low vibrational thoughts like, oh my God, I'm 40 and I don't have this, I don't have that. And I was really not feeling myself at all. And I kept crying and I didn't know why. And things just didn't feel right. And I just put it down to anxiety and just the overwhelm of turning 40, you know. Anyway, had the party, came home, didn't really stay up too late, not too late. I had a few people back, went to bed, woke up the next day, felt fine. I woke up the next day and I felt fine. And I went into the living room to see my friends, ate some crisps, felt good. Anyway, two or three hours later, I'm sick. And I thought, that's a bit weird. This must be a delayed hangover. Oh, I didn't think anything of it. It must be the anxiety of the birthday. I'm putting everything down to anxiety. And then I'm being really sick. And I'm being sicker and I'm being sicker and I'm being sicker. And then I'm starting to think something is not right here. I've got food poisoning. I can't believe this. And I'm puking and I'm puking. And then it's starting to get worse. And then I'm starting to get delirious. I'm starting to sweat. And I'm like, oh my God, how have I got food poisoning on my birthday? It's got to be food poisoning. And my friend Sarah and my boyfriend Rob are looking after me. But the thing is, I'm starting to deteriorate, okay? Things are starting to get really bad. 
I'm getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm starting to hallucinate and I'm starting to get delirious. And Sarah's looking at me and she's like, you look possessed. Your eyes are changing colour. She said, I lay, I was sick. I lay on the floor. I looked back at her. My eyes rolled to the back of my head. They went yellow. Like they said, it started to get really flipping, flipping scary. Um, and I was like, do you know what? They were like, we're taking you to hospital. Things got so bad. They're like, we're taking you to hospital. So I went to hospital. I'll get taken in an ambulance to hospital and they're like, kept me in. It's COVID. So no one could come in, come in with me, which is quite traumatic. God forbid the people that suffer during COVID because not having your loved ones in the hospital is horrendous. They put me on a drip, but I am just being sick over and over and over again. And they're like, we can't find anything wrong with you. We're going to send you to another hospital, can misses, and we're going to send you in an ambulance. And I'm just like, I've been in there for something like seven hours at this point and I've rung up Rob and I'm like, come and get me. I'm like, they don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just going to go, you know, when you just need to be at home, you just, I was suffering so much. I was in so much pain. I had this shooting horrible pain in my lower belly and my solar plexus, which I now know I believe was my chakras. But at the time I just thought it was a belly ache. And um, he's come and got me and I've took me home and I've gone, listen, if things get really bad, you take me to the hospital. I don't want them to take me from one hospital to another in an ambulance all on my own. I just need you to be with me. I need to be comfortable. If I'm going to keep being sick like this, I need to just be sick in my own bed, in my own house. Do you know what I mean? So I get I get home and I'm, I'm getting worse. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm delirious anyway, remember? I'm getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And he's starting to get really worried. And he's like, I'm taking you back to hospital. So he's taken me to this other hospital, they said. They've taken me in. They've taken all these tests. And they're like, you've got cannabinoid hyperemesis. We found weed in your system because I used to smoke weed, Right. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's this thing where like when you smoke too much and it gets, you've got these A and B receptors in your organs and lots of people get it and they vomit and it it gets in their digestive tract and that's what you've got. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I brought this on myself, haven't I? I have brought this on myself from smoking weed and I'm beating myself up. So I've gone home, they've given me anti-sickness tablets, nothing is working, nothing. I am being sick. And then suddenly I stop and it's like, I stop and I think, oh, I'm better. So I start to feel better and I'm like, this is over. Thank God. 10 hours later, it starts again. It starts again and it's even worse. Okay. It's even worse. After about, I'm not going to lie. So I'm thinking to myself, I've got cannabinoid heremesis. I've bought it on myself through smoking weed. I've got to wait for this weed to get out of my system. We're on day five now, okay, of me being in immense pain and being sick. On day five, I am like, you need to take me back to hospital. I feel like I'm going to die. Like something is seriously wrong. I feel like my organs are shutting down. Something just felt so wrong. I was like, this just is not right. I've rung up. You know when you just know something's not right? You know it's not, I knew it wasn't medical. I knew it wasn't cannabinoid hermesis. I knew they was wrong. I knew there was something darker. I knew there was something bigger going on. I just knew it. And I've rung up Tyus and I was like, Tyus, crying down the phone, 
please, something energetic is going wrong, something's not right. And she's like, listen, darling, I only do energy healings on people if the doctors and the hospital see them first, because you never know. And that's the one rule with energy healing as well. The doctors first, energy second, because what if there is something actually medically wrong with you? So any um, good healer or energy worker, in my opinion, this is just in my opinion, because what I've been taught by people that I trust is that you should go to see the doctor first. And only when they can't help you, that's when you you come in. So she's like, look, I'm on holiday. I'm not going to be back for another four days, five days. So anyway, I go to the private hospital, Rosario, and they go, we've got it wrong. You definitely haven't got cannabinoid hemesis. And I'm like, no fucking shit, I know. And they're like, we're going to keep you in. So they said, Rob could um, come in with me, providing he um, came in as a patient because of COVID. They had to admit him as a patient. They had to bring him his meals. He wasn't allowed to leave the hospital for the days, the time that we was in there together. So they admit me and they are, nothing is working. They've done a brain scan. They said, look, we're going to do a brain scan. I thought, a fucking brain scan. Go on, do whatever it is, whatever it is, find what's wrong with me. You're going to do a CT scan or CAT scan, key CT scan, where they put your body in that little thing and you tube and you go and they scan you. We're going to do a blood test. We're going to do a stool test. We're going to do a urine test. They've done every test but they can't find anything wrong with me. And every day they're coming in after one scan after the other, and they're like, there's nothing medically wrong with you. We cannot find anything wrong with you. And then right at the end, they're like, look, we're going to put a camera down your throat into your stomach to see what's going on there. And they're, they're like, look, we can't find anything wrong with you. And they said to me, look, if you was in a normal hospital, you'd be admitted into the psychiatric ward because there is nothing medically wrong with you. And I'm like, mate, I'm being sick. You can see me being sick. It was black, right? On the 9th to 10th day, my sick was black. My, I'm not being crude here, but it was dark and everything felt dark. And by this point, I was like, I'm going to jump off that balcony. I was seriously considering jumping off the balcony because I couldn't take the pain anymore. And it felt like there was something in me moving through me. I couldn't explain it. Every day the doctors in their white coats are coming in and they're telling me that there is nothing medically wrong with me. So I'm on the phone to my friend India, who is a really powerful energy worker. I'm on the phone to my friend Amber, who does IQM, which is another form of energy. I'm on the phone to Tyus and all three of them are telling me that there's nothing medically wrong with me. All three of them who don't know each other, who are in completely different countries, are telling me the same thing. There's nothing medically wrong with you. There's nothing medically wrong with you. This is spiritual. This is this is spiritual. This is energetic. So India is a quite a powerful channel. And so she can, you can do these readings with her where you ask her a question and she can channel what's wrong or what's going on. And while I'm in hospital, she's sending me messages and she's saying to me, look, this is part of your awakening. You're purging, she's saying to me, you're purging all your shadows. She says, you're purging all your past lives. You're purging all your wounds. This is what's happening. It's a really big purge. And I'm like, what? I'm actually trying to look for the messages right now while I'm on the phone, while I'm on this podcast recording them. I should have thought about doing this earlier. But she's like, look, this happened on your 40th birthday. It was always supposed to be. It was always supposed to be. It was planned. Your soul plan is you're purging all your past lives. You're purging all your wounds. You're pur purging all your shadows. And she was like, you're a powerful shadow worker. And I was like, I'd never heard of the term shadow worker before. It's the first time I'd ever heard of the term shadow worker. And I'm like, what is a shadow worker? 
And that's when I started to look into what a shadow worker was. And I realized that a shadow worker is when someone who really looks at the unconscious patterns in someone and brings them into the light for healing, which really made sense because that was the kind of work I've been doing all my life. But um, a light worker is somebody who shines light on stuff instead. And I was like, oh, my God. She's like, but you're not just a shadow worker. She was like, you're a shadow worker and you're a light worker. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, it's very rare, but you're both. And she says, what's happening is your body and your energy field is purging out all the shadows because this is your initiation into light worker. So you have never worked or held light before. And this is your initiation into it. I was like, oh my God. I was like, are you serious? Is this what is happening? So she was telling, I've got this, I've got the messages up now. She was saying, each day you'll be letting go of different shadows. It will feel different with each one. When I saw it, it looked like layers of light being lifted, but I was told it was your shadows. They were surrounded with light to help support you through this time. As I'm typing, I have your healing woman in my head saying, when you start, you can't go back. This is part of letting go of all that you worked on with her. And like you said, that thing smashed before your 40th birthday. Now, I had a protection, a human angelica crystal around my neck that is basically was allowing all the light to come in and clean all the darkness with me. And it opens up your crown chakra and it merges. Remember I said that your soul um, experiences different multidimensional realities. And it, so, for example, in the angelic realm, your soul might decide to project itself as an angel, as an angelic being. So what this does, this crystal, is it merges the angelic being of your soul, the projection of your soul into your soul in this human experience as it merges them together. And I wear that. I've completely integrated the frequency of the angelic human into my soul, but I had it and it broke just before my birthday. So that's what she's talking about there. I asked if I can do anything now and I can't. I asked if anyone else can help you right now and I got the doctors can help. They can numb your pain just like you've asked for today. I asked if this will prolong the letting go process and I got no. It won't prolong it. It will give your body rest while your energy field carries on letting go I was like oh my god and she was doing healing on me while I was in there and this was just so intense honestly it was like one of the worst things I've ever been through it was so traumatic I've spent quite a long time um trying to get over what happened and the other day I even went into the hospital and the smell the smell made me feel so sick I was releasing all my shadows and she was helping to hold space for me. But, you know, she, on the last day, right, on the last day, it was part of my spiritual awakening. It was part of my initiation into light worker. I was letting go of all my trauma, all my ancestral trauma. And since then, I've been speaking to Javier and Tyus and they were like, your sole purpose in this lifetime was to heal your ancestral line. And my ancestral line had a lot of pain and suffering. And my Chinese ancestry, thousands of years back, were messing with a bit of dark magic. And I had to clean all of that. And that was what was coming through me. And she was saying, you know, there was a few heavy shadows that got stuck, lots of flashbacks from past trauma, all that you're letting go of. I can feel it's very intense, but I feel it calming down. Her womb seems to be getting cleansed right now from all the other past babies that were lost in other lives. Grief is coming up again from all that has been lost. This has helped her become grounded. She is now very grounded. If you can get an image of a yellow flower on your phone, um, 
I'm getting that the goddess Medusa is there warding off the negative like the evil eye symbolises. I'm getting this intensity will last for 54 minutes. It will ease a bit after that, but she may struggle over the next 10 hours. She should have another rest period after that. What I've worked out won't necessarily be that accurate as much can change between now and then. Trust me, it was accurate. At 54 minutes exactly, it stopped. It was that was, This was part of my boyfriend's awakening. After all this, and he saw this, he had to wake up. Do you know what I mean? Um, first thing in the morning, I could do more healing. I'm going to energetically disconnect now. I just helped shift some trapped energy and supported her. She's surrounded by her female ancestors. There's a very strong connection to the feminine. There are more tears that need to be shed. shed. The next four hours, she'll be surrounded by an energetic fire that will help transmute all energy and let go into love and light. And this will help ease the shedding process. Oh my God. It was so, so I'm just reading these messages now and it's just literally making me, honestly, it's just so, oh, I don't know. It's just one of those strange moments in my life that um, I just don't think I'm ever, ever going to forget, you know. And it was like, I just didn't ever see it coming. So, you know, this is what was happening to me in hospital. I was purging. And then in the end, I think something dark might have got inside me because on the last day, the shadows got stuck and I could feel this energy moving through my body. And I could feel like my hands as they were moving, the energy was moving through them. And it got so intense. I actually considered that's the day when I was like, I want this to end now. And then Ty is my angel. She came home from a holiday and she was like, okay, I said, I've had every test in the hospital, every test, you need to help me because this is energetic. And so she dropped off some crystals to me and then we did a healing on the phone and she said, I'm going to take your ethereal body now, open a sacred space, I'm going to lay it on my bed and we're going to do a clearing. And she worked on me for an hour and a half. And while she was working on me, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, the pain had gone and I was at peace. And it was over. That part of it was over. And the next day I was discharged out of hospital. And when I went home, I'd lost two and a half stone. So I'd lost so much weight. I looked like I had an eating disorder. I had my bones, my ribs, my stomach was concave. I was a shadow of my former self. I was traumatized. I was vulnerable. I had nothing to give and my boyfriend had lost a couple of stone as well because I'm not going to lie, I thought I was going to die. Like I could feel my organs shutting down, no, no doctors could help me and this was such a beautiful moment in the same time that it was painful because it was his awakening too because he didn't really believe in all this stuff before that. He kind of thought it was my thing and, you know, it's my thing but, you know, it's like your, your energy stuff and your healing, he used to say. But... When he said, when you're with someone and you see white coat after white coat come in and they can't find anything wrong with the person. And then after that, you notice that only a woman on the phone helps her after 10 days and it goes, you have to believe, you have to. And the way that India was saying, you know, in 54 minutes, she'll be all right and she'll have a rest. And it was all to the dot. And he said, like, we can never go back to life being the same. And it turns out I went through a complete soul death and soul rebirth, a soul death and soul rebirth. And I was reborn into the version of myself that I am now. And it was so, do you know what? I would love to say that I came out of hospital and everything went back to normal, but it didn't because I was waking up crying in the night for weeks. 
Um, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted anymore. Everything seemed scary and alien. And it was just like a child being reborn. Everything was new and scary. And it was just scary, you know? It was just scary. And it's taken me, that was seven months ago, and I've only just started to feel back to normal now. And I don't even know if I'm ever going to feel the same. Obviously, I've never smoked a spliff since, never touched weed since, gave up so many of my addictions um, at that time. I quit drinking for, I said I was going to quit drinking forever, but I didn't. I quit drinking for five months. And then um, on my boyfriend's birthday, we had a little drink, had a little drink at Christmas, like have a little drink every now and then. I'm not a big drinker. At the moment, I'm sober again. I don't know, maybe I'll never drink again. Maybe I'll have the odd one. Who knows in the summer, but at the moment I'm sober again. But I did have a good old drink at Christmas and um, I had one at his birthday and I had a drink at New Year. You know, special occasions. I said I wanted to give up special occasions, but after, you know, people change. And how I felt at that time was that I didn't want to do anything. But four or five months later, I was happy to introduce the odd little glass of wine and drink and that back into my life. That wasn't really an issue. Um, maybe a few more than that at Christmas. <laughs> but you know, this that was the start of my healing work because even though I'd done Reiki before, I didn't really do it much on people and I didn't really enjoy it, but this was the start of this new journey for me. And my consciousness and my energy field quantum leaped from that point. Quantum leaped and my soul evolution quantum leaped. And it was a most painful traumatic experience but also I guess very beautiful with a lot of transformation and a lot of lessons at the same time and I am grateful for that and life will never be the same you know so not everybody I didn't want to tell the story at first because I was worried that it would scare people from like awakening and from spiritual work spirituality and energy work but my soul had a very distinct story of a lot a lot of darkness and trauma and past life, shadows and suffering and pain. And when I was in the hospital, I was crying in the shower because the only thing that used to ease the pain was water on me. And India was channeling a message from my spirit guide. And I remember it saying to me, my spirit guide saying to me, you are going to have everything that you've ever wanted. You're going to have a family. You're going to have this. You're going to have that because your soul has never experienced joy in any of its lifetimes. And that also made me feel a little bit sad that my soul had never experienced joy in any of my lifetimes. And it said this was a lifetime that my soul chose to heal that and where I would experience all that stuff. So there was a lot to come out. There was a lot of darkness. And I always say to people, if you feel like you've got darkness in you, right, there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that your soul has been doing things in the past that have caused that. Maybe your soul's made contracts. Maybe your soul's been through experiences. In my past life, I had pe dark people do stuff to me, not, not because I allowed them or wanted them to, but because I was taken and kidnapped. And, you know, it was out, out against my free will. Maybe that's happened to you. Some of us feel like we can feel a darkness within us. And I always want to urge people, if you feel like there's a darkness within you, if you feel like there's a darkness within you, don't ever be ashamed of that. Don't ever worry. 
don't ever feel like you're not as good as the people with light in them because you can transmute darkness and your soul chose to explore that darkness and then you can release it, you know. It doesn't have to be as traumatic as what happened to me because obviously my soul's experienced a lot of that stuff. And I think a lot of it was because I am a shadow worker and a light worker and I had to go through that transition. I had to go through that initiation. And the thing is, right, our bodies are very dense. Our bodies are physical and they're human and they're very dense, okay? which is low frequency, low dimensional, but the light is high frequency, high dimensional. So when we bring the light in, the light, high frequency, high dimensional has to merge with the low frequency. And ah, oh, that can be very painful for us. It can be quite intense. And that's why sometimes that happens, you know, when the light merges with the dense, it can be like that. So, you know, I don't want to scare anyone off what happened to me. It's probably never going to happen to you, you know, but it goes to show how you can quantum leap your energy, how you can shift, how you can awaken, how you can change the trajectory and heal everything that's ever happened in your past lives. It probably wouldn't happen for you the way it happened for me, but I think you'd be grateful for that. <laughs> so anyway, I know this episode's quite long. I don't want to talk anymore. I just wanted to share this story with you because I mention it quite a lot in a lot of my episodes and I want you to know the full story. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to tag me, share it on your stories, let me know, write a review, um, you know, share it with your friends. Um, also, if you are interested in joining my Soul Shift program, we are still open for registration. Um, it is now an ongoing program. I've changed it so people can join any time that they want because what I've learned is that people work at their own pace and I've changed the way it is. It used to be where we all worked 12 weeks in a group together. Together, but now it's open and you can join anytime. So join my Soul Shift program. It's 12 modules, energy healing, ancestral healing, past life healing, energy clearing, activating, unleashing your soul gifts alongside all the mindset work that's going to stop you with those or help you, should I say, with those pesky negative behaviors and habits that we have that hold us back. Anyway, on that note, have a lovely day and I'm wishing you all the best and I'm going to let you go and I'll see you in the next episode. Hello, I can't thank you enough for joining me today on the Your Soul Is Calling podcast. I hope you've had some inspiration and big takeaways from today's discussion. If you have, please rate and review this podcast because it really means so much to me. And let's connect on Instagram. Feel free to screenshot this episode, share to your stories and tag me if you feel called to. I absolutely love sharing this podcast with you and I'm looking forward to connecting with you in the future. In the meantime, don't forget to listen to yourself, connect with yourself and connect with your soul soul.